Again, I'm Michael Rook, the Garden Guy. Today's show is Season 1 and Episode 12. It's the Summer Lawn Service Program. with me is the manager of Black Diamond Garden Center's Lawn Service, Dave Slavinsky, with an I, not a Y. How are you, Dave? Good. How you doing, Mike? Well, I'm not going to complain. I Good. mean, I, now, since we talked last time, we were working more so on, uh, you know, the weeds, the height, the mowing of the lawn. We were in a rainier season. The weather was more, you know, focused on, well, it wasn't focused. It was just basically better to grow things. Now we're running into a little bit of a drier spell. Yes. Okay. This is right now the time we normally put down what we would consider to be maybe a second, third application. Yes. Depending on where you are. Now, the do-it-yourself or I'll wait, I want to ask you what you're basically putting down right now. Um, Again, nitrogen, uh, potassium, and a lot of times this time of year we are putting down our grub preventer in midsummer. Now, do you have to put it down on everybody's lawn? I would highly recommend it. It's a great insurance policy. Now, when you say an insurance policy, a grub, a little white thing that's underneath of the yep. ground, everybody used to think that the moles were after. Nope. Um, they're not. Okay, no. tell me what the moles are after. The moles are after earthworms, which are beneficial to the lawn. We do not want to eliminate them, guys. The moles are beneficial? No, the worms. The worms are beneficial. Yes. Did okay. I say moles? No. You, I you just put asked, words in my mouth, I just you? asked you. I just asked okay. what they were eating, and you said they're earthworms, and you said then you said they are beneficial. All right. And All I right. didn't. Earthworms so are beneficial. Awful. All right. The earthworms <laughs> are beneficial to a lawn, and there's no chemical on the market that'll knock that out. No. no. Okay. Trapping is the only only solution to that. Okay, the grub worm. Yes. On the other hand, what is the grub worm? Is it like an earthworm it's, or is it? No, it's the larva of beetles, Japanese beetles, uh, European chafers, mass chafers. Um, they grow up to be beetles, but before they do that, they destroy your lawn while they're getting big and healthy to, to make the change. Now, they're feeding on the root system of the plant, They right? certainly they're, are. Now, from somebody told me many, many moons ago that the beetle, it doesn't matter if it's a Japanese beetle, it doesn't matter if it's a, um, you know, a European chafer, it doesn't matter if it's a bug. The female is going to go back to where she grew up, where she was born, and lay her eggs Right where, you know, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to say a human being. I mean, Ma wanted to go back to Toledo right. from California because she grew up there. Well, the beetle wants to go back to have her raise her family in the same lot. Why is it that the neighbor who doesn't do a damn thing to their property doesn't get the grub worm and your lawns or the person that focuses on their lawn does? That's a very good question. Could be the ornamentals they have in the yard that are attracting them. Because if you maintain your lawn, odds are you have a better maintained uh, garden also. Right. And they'd rather live in a five-star restaurant with a five-star, you know. I would. Hotel and, you know, and not have to worry about the kids eating well versus they're going to suffer over in the do-nothing neighbor's property. I do want to say one thing I am totally against is the beetle bags, the traps. Why is that? It's going to bring the beetles there to roost. (sighs) So and it got, only attracts the males due to pheromones. So the females can still, still go in the ground and do their uh, chewing up of your, your So basically, foods. it's a pheromone. Yes. All right. And it's a sex attractant. 
Yes. So the males think that they're going to be partying, they're going to eat, and they're going to do all their this thing. They're drawn into it. And they've never been inside the mind of a beetle, Mike. Well, I don't no, know what but, they're thinking. But the females are still on the outside looking at them going, stupid, stupid males. Because the males fall into the bag, the females are still going to be the ones with the eggs. They're going to lay them anyway. So yep, it, they're going to lay them, and they're going to you know hatch them nice guys out, and they're going to chew up your yard. So you're going to draw them in. If you have neighbors that you really don't appreciate too well, and you want to be seemingly them nice. beetle bags. Here, take this beetle. <laughs> bag so it draws it away from your property yeah okay yes i have actually told customers that so that okay what about plan what about this stuff called milky spore uh only controls one type of beetle what type which of beetles would be japanese beetles japanese beetle that's it that's it that's the list it's a bacillus meaning it's a fungus yes. or something yes. that attacks and only- i believe it takes a couple, two to three years to really, really see the results from it. See, I've always questioned the use of that, too, because that stuff grows. Sure. I mean, it spreads. Yes. And it's going to spread. And if you've got an adjoining property, you put it onto yours, and the neighbor's property is right next to, to, to theirs also, mm-hmm. um, it, it'll go into their yard whether they know it or not, right? Right. Right. Correct. Okay. So I'm, I'm a little adverse to the, using that period. Yep. What is it that you use for the grub worm? Um, the chemical is called imidacloprid, or merit is the common name for yeah. it. Um, it is, we apply it, it is soaked, it is watered in and taken up by the grass plant. Therefore, it's in the roots of the grass. Oh, it's kind of like an antibiotic. Yes. As it's, soon it's as the systemic. beetle hatches and starts munching on the grass, it's dead before it has a chance to do any damage. Did I say beetle or grub? You I said, meant grub. You meant grub. Okay. Yeah. So the grub worm, how does it work on the grub worm? I mean, does it does it just go, oh, I'm, I'm a goner, or is it one it, of the... It, it tells the grub that it is full. It's time to stop eating. So it basically starves to Exactly. Okay, so that that's basically the protector of your lawn in itself from one particular insect, and that's going to yes. be uh, the grub worm. And yep. you do recommend it for the most yes. part. Most uh, grubs are going to be in most uh, mostly sunny areas, but yes. still, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get them. True. And True. a lot of people think the damage that's usually done, one of the noticeable damages, they think it's lack of water, so they're going to go out there and water right. even more. Right. The damage shows up usually in September, and by the time. You notice the damage, they've done more damage than you can even see, so you have to apply something that will kill them at that point, but that grass most likely won't come back because there are no roots. Well, what's the immediate knockdown then? Uh, it's an insecticide called Dilox. Okay, so that's going to help. That, that, that's going to just, you know, you're going to go over it, you diagnose it, you got grubs. Yep. You put the Dilox down. You water. You got to water it in. Immediately. The same, the, right the then same and there. The same day. Now, Preferably as soon as I step off your lawn. Okay, now my question is why? Uh, the, it is broken down by the sun, basically hourly. Really? It photodegrades, yes, in the sun. So in essence, you know, if you don't water it for 6 to 10 hours, it loses its potency. Exactly. So you got to wash it in almost immediately. Yes. goes down to the ground. It knocks them out almost immediately. Yes. Okay, how long should you wait before you do any type of seeding? Oh, you can seed immediately. After, I would, you know, if the, if the damage is extensive, you have to rake it out before seeding, top dress, and that sort of thing. Okay. But chemical-wise, you're free to do it when, as soon as you can. What, 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 what now, in the old days, and you've been around in the old days, there used to be products Thanks like, for pointing that out. You're an old dude. Whatever. The, the, well, look at you. You got gray around the, the jaw and the snout. Anyway, um, you're using products. We used to have products called Diazinon. We used to have yep. products called Durspan. Yep. Um, are those still? No, 
no, no. There, there's a limited. Uh, the only other product you could try for grub control, and it's going to have a success rate of about sixty to seventy percent, would be seven. And it's, that's Carbaro. It's, yeah, it's not a very. It's not a surefire cure. Okay. Much better with the Dilox. Okay. What other insect are going to be out there that's going to damage the property? Oh, there's a long list of that. Uh, the most obvious would be chinch bugs. I would say side webworm. Those now, the, those do what the grubs do? Do they eat the roots? No, or they're, they? they're more of a leafy food source. Uh, the, the bluegrass billbugs, too, they feed on the stems. The so, plant. in other words, they're at ground level. And they they're just go ahead surface and insects, yes. Now, we just got done. You, you said that these are surface insecticides, the carborilla is seven. Mm-hmm. You can't get diazin on anymore. You can't get Durspan. Right. Let's just say that somebody doesn't want to do it for the lawn service themselves. Sure. They, I mean, they want to do it themselves, not have a lawn service do it. Can they purchase these products over the counter? Sure. I'm not over the sure. counter, but at the garden centers? Yes, they can. Okay. Yes, they can. Now, read the label. I think we went over that the last time. Well, because there's a lot of them out there. That's that People come into the Black Diamond Garden Centers in Toledo, Ohio, and in Perrysburg, Ohio, and they ask, they go, I want GrubX. And the advertisement is GrubX. What is that? Is that Dilox? Is that Imatoclopred? Which one is that? That's what you have to look for. you got to ask someone who knows what the heck they're right. talking ask about. Ask right. someone who knows so that then they can point you in the right direction for the time of year it is and, and your target pest. Okay, so the, the homeowner can buy these over the counter and put them down themselves. Yes. Same yes. potency. Uh, okay, now it's strategic as far as when they put it down. Dilox, you got to water in immediately. You put yep. that down, you wash it in. Yes. The, the imatoclopred or the merit, do you have to wash that in right away? Not right away. It, it will sit for a long time before it needs to be watered in. It so it gets absorbed into the roots. Yeah, you can wait for the rain to take care of it. All right, the homeowner can do that his or herself. At, at, at their leisure, yes. Okay. We're going to, you got chinch bug, you said that you've got sod webworm that are topical insects. Yes. I mean, uh, so, soil surface insects are not below the ground that are going to do the damage to the lawn. And we talked about, again, I said diazin on Durspan. Malathion is something Gramps used to use to spray that you still can buy over the counter. They can use for almost anything, vegetable gardens, things of that nature. Um, the, the, the lawn itself, people generally don't, when, whenever you say you got bug problems, um, it's almost like they, they feel like that they're, oh, no, I can't. I maintain my property. It's the guy next door that doesn't do it. No, no. The maintenance, uh, the cultural practices, they will hide the damage because you're taking better care of your yard. But if you get a large infestation, it's still going to cause problems. Okay. And how do they come in? I mean, is it is it something? Well, I know the beetle's going to fly in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually, when, when do you normally put that down? I mean, you can't use it as a preventative. You want to use it as a curative, right? What's that? The imatoclopid, the mirror? No, that's a preventative. You it's put it down before the beetles Before hatch. the beetles hatch. Yes. And what time of year is that usually? I would recommend July, August. Okay. Okay. How long does For that last? For the homeowner, let's say July 4th. That's an easy date to remember. Yeah. How, how long does that last in the, in the, in the ground uh, usually? 140 to 160 days. Okay. Let's do it in months. That's four months then. Four to five months. Let's go four to five, five months. Five months. Five months will last. Yeah, I depend on it for okay. five months. Now, can the grubs basically, you, you normally see the damage that's after, like what, it's about two, three weeks after they've already been, you know, out there yeah, working on Yeah, after they've been feeding for two to three weeks, you're going to see big problems. It's going to make it turn really ugly yellow brown. Yep. And it will peel up like, uh, let's say, your doormat. A bad throw front rug. Step. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no roots whatsoever. There's nothing holding it down. So wait, one of the ways to diagnose is to grab it like you're going to grab a clump of hair at the ground level yep. or a clump of grass. If yep. it comes up like a bad 
toupee yeah. or and something you, with no if roots. If the problem's that bad, you will see the white grubs there. They're, okay. they're easy to spot. But if you've got some resistance, and chances are it's, it's not going to be grubs, right. discoloration right. can be caused by a number of things. Let's say the homeowner waters on a regular basis. Let's say the homeowner fertilizes about every, well, uh, four to six weeks, whereas the lawn services would do it six to eight weeks. What other reasons would cause these things to turn uh, brown or yellow? Well, I mean, you have a, a bunch of diseases it could be. Uh, in summer, you get humidity, heat, humidity, perfect recipe for uh, fungus. Okay. Now, what kind of funguses are out there? Is it just one? See, now, let, me, let me go back one. Um, for the, I remember way back when, when people wanted to have, since, let's say, uh, the Masters Tournament is using nothing but Kentucky bluegrass. Uh, they've got a number of mixes that are out there, but nobody's got the budget that the, that let's say these these five star you know golf clubs right, right. have. Um, they can't maintain it that way. Culturally, what is the best way to prevent, or can you prevent a fungus? The, well, the the main thing is to try and water early morning. Um, so the grass, I always tell people, so the grass is dry when it goes to bed at night. Okay. Because if it stays damp overnight, then you've you've just increased the moisture, and it it, it gets damping off, and it's you're going to have disease problems. With you're going to have grass. a weaker plant that's going to be more susceptible exactly. to the disease. Exactly. Okay. What kind of diseases are out there? Can you name a few? Um, earlier in the spring, summer, you're going to get red thread, which is uh, by name you can tell if you got pinkish spots in your grass, you'll see little red hairs on it in the morning. Uh-huh. It's red thread. Um, dollar spot. Is a huge problem in the later summer. So when it's drier and hotter, uh, a little drier and hotter. But the humidity is the humidity is key. There's to everything. Are and in Northwest Ohio, we get plenty of that. Okay, so straight across the board, red thread is rust a problem? Rust, I, I don't consider it a problem because there's really no way to cure it. It's going to turn your shoes and your mower orange. It's an annoyance, but um, it, it's not a terminal to the grass. Because I, I, let's just say from Wisconsin all the way over to New York, they've all got right at the southern Great Lakes. They all have a similar den- common denominator, yep. the weather. Yeah. Um, and it's weather oriented when it comes down to fungus. Let's say yes. last June. Did we have a last year? Was there a fungus problem? Was there a grub problem? Um, last year was went pretty smooth. We, but, we did not have a huge problem. Not a major problem. No, no, okay. no major problems. Okay. No. When it's drier or drought, you have usually the problem with it. Well, when it's drier or drought, you have dry and drought. Dry and drought. Now that'll kill a plant, also the grass plant. Well, grass is very resilient. It, it, you have to make a decision if you want to keep your grass green and healthy by watering enough, or you just don't water and let it go into dormancy, where it, summer dormancy, where it protects itself. When I'm talking culturally, what about the cultivars that we're using? I mean, I said bluegrass earlier for the golf courses and and that. Are we going to be able to to continue using bluegrasses, or is that something out of the past? I, mean, I, I personally prefer your turf-type tall fescues because they require less water. They put up with more. Uh, uh, you can you can play around on them more without damaging them. Does it look like blue? I mean, is uh, it- to a homeowner, yes. The new varieties do. And last time you and I talked, you said to cut the lawn at three inches. Is that going to cause a problem no. with the mowing height? I would never tell you to cut it any lower. All right. Now, the, the turf-type fescues, what varieties do we have out there? Oh, right there. there's there's many, many. My favorite would be Titan because it uh, 
It produces rhizomes after a couple of years. Ah, but you're going to have to define a rhizome. It spreads laterally like bluegrass does. So it spreads. So Yes, it's not as clumpy as some of the older varieties. Okay, and then the, 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 there's it, it, someone told me that it grows similar to like the spider plant, the indoor house plant that where you see it dangles. Little baby spiders, but that's called a tiller. Yes. All right, and that's it. But that can only occur when you're keeping it taller. Yes. And yes. the and the rhizomes only occur when you mow it taller. Yes. Ah, see, I'm watering gonna... and mowing are the two biggest things in lawn care. That's so it's a cultural method of control. You can yes. prevent. Pro... Now, do they get disease as much as bluegrass? No, no, no. Bluegrass is more susceptible, right. and especially the newer varieties. They're uh, they're hybrids, and they uh, they they are very resilient. Uh, you're you're Turf-type tall fescues also have something in them called endophytes, which resist insects. Really? Yes. Now, I mean, all insects, or I mean, the damage that's caused by yeah, them? Well, or? yeah, they, they just, they, they're going to take care of the insects for you. They're very resilient. It doesn't kill the insect. Does it kill the insect? Sure. It does? Sure. Whoa. So this is a cultural method of control. Yes, yes. Um, when, then, okay, we're segueing from insects, which is usually a problem, funguses, which are usually a problem. Do we see in the old days, back when I was out, you know, applying lawns, uh, we used to have, uh, well, Helmosporum leaf spot, which is a standard black. Wait black a minute, spot. you applied lawns? I applied fertilizer to lawns. Oh, and wow, lawns. that's a scary thought. Okay. Okay, well, when, when I. <laughs> you got me in life. So I, uh, anyhow, you got me tongue tied on that one. Yes, I did. Okay. And there used to be a disease called Fusarium blight. Used to yeah. be a, a disease called Pythium blight. Yeah, they're just lumped into patch disease mostly now. Now they're now Pythium. If you had a Pythium, which is bubbly, a bubbly substance that was on your lawn, newly means, seeded lawns oh far God. more susceptible. Yes. On all lawns? No, newly seeded lawns are more susceptible. Like I mean, brand new lawns. Okay, but I mean, is there one grass? Since we're eliminating the bluegrass from our, our thought process right now, is there? I another didn't grass? say that. I am. Okay. I mean, you can have blues if you want to, but sure. blues I just don't like because they're, you know, I don't like well, to be they're, bothered. There are disease-resistant varieties of bluegrass, too. Yeah, okay. There was Barron. There was Kentucky. There was Marion. There was the best of the best. And now? The best way to pick your grass seed if you want to get really specific would be the NTEP trials. Huh? NTEP trials for seed. Look it up. How do you spell that? NTEP. N-T-E-P. No, I asked how you spell that. T-H-A-T. All right. Here. We're going from diseases. We're going from drought. We're going from insects. I want to go one more step. Okay. Other invasive grasses. We talked briefly on crabgrass. You put down a pre-emergent crabgrass control with a fertilizer earlier. And with proper maintenance, you're most likely not going to have it. The, the crabgrass control lasts approximately 180 days under pristine conditions. There are certain grasses that are going to start black swamp, northwest Ohio, southeast Michigan. We're finding all this yellow, ugly grass that comes up usually around the it's end of July. It's not a grass, Mike. What is it? It's a sedge. Isn't grass a sedge? Not sedge is a sedge. Isn't isn't grass a sedge? Mm -hmm. I don't know. We're gonna have to look that up next time <laughs> I have you on board. I'm gonna ask. Well, I'm gonna look that up and we'll go, I'll do a quiz with you. Anyways, it's not you. You. you in theory, one up me. On if this. you were to if you were to cut cross cut a nuts edge plant, it's triangular. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. If you look down at the blade itself yes, after you cut it, yes, it's not monocotish. It's it's yes. It's, okay. So where does this thing come from? Uh 
like its name says, a little nut in the ground. Where did it originate from? That's a very good question. Ha, see, I got one on you. Well, I'm just, can I explain? Girl, you can try. I'm going to explain that 30 years ago when I started doing this, oh, we had very, goes. very few problems with it. Uh-huh. One little sprig here or there. In the last 10 years, it's become a very large problem. Well, and what and do you don't, attribute? I, I wish I could tell you why, but. I, I, I have a theory. Okay. I have a theory. Northwest Isle, Southeast Michigan, Black Swamp, right? Uh huh. Not sedge. Sedge is a marsh grass, is it not, or a marsh plant? Yeah, but this area was marshy ten years ago too. Yeah, that's why I'm now. I'm alluding to the same thing. Here it is. The stuff is bubbling up. You find it mostly along creek beds. You find it mostly along. Well, now hang on a second. What nuts edge is, is we've got people easy, easily pulled up. It's almost like it says, come here, I dare you. I dare sure, you. Go, go sure. ahead and pull. It's pull begging me. to pull be me. yanked. I yeah, agree. you yank it out, you pull it out, it's gone. week later, it's coming back slowly, and it's the very first grass to grow fast. You mow your lawn today, tomorrow afternoon. That yellow-green grass is going to be about an inch and a half taller than yep. the rest of the grass. Yes, it is. So in about three more days, they're going out and pulling it even more. Down at the base of the root... And it's not just one root, it's multiple roots. Mm-hmm. There's little nodes, and they yep. nickname it onion grass, mm-hmm. because when you pull it, you're just opening up that little node with, with millions of little, well, not millions, it's a gross exaggeration, but for every one plant you pull up, you're going to get about seven to ten new ones that take its place. Yeah, yes. Because That's those little true. nodes are going to spread, and yes. you're spreading it. You're, it's, it's not something that you know, can spread by itself. It needs the assistance of somebody to go ahead and, and cause it to spread. The key to chemical control of nutgrass, nuts edge, yeah. is, to, is to catch it early. If you can catch those first couple sprigs that come up and kill those before it has a chance to spread, that's your best option. The best option. Once you get a field of it, um, you can kill a plant and an inch to the right or left or whatever, there will be another plant. Another one coming up, up because of its... It's not that that plant came back. It's a new plant. It's coming up because of the rhizome. Yes. Or, yes. Okay. So it's spreading horizontally. Yes. And unless you spread... Now, let's just say there's post-emergent control like there is for crabgrass. Yes. Like Diamond Lawn Service guarantees their, their crabgrass applications. If they put it down and the homeowner does, does things properly, you know, proper watering, proper mowing height, things of this nature... You get, you know, crabgrass. There's a multitude of things and reasons why crabgrass can come back. I mean, you can have yes. birds and squirrels that are going to dig and you unearth a dormant seed. It's going to grow. Um, the same thing holds true with uh, nuts edge. If the nuts edge comes out, do you, Black Diamond Garden and Lawn Service, go out there and spray or whatever? What do you what do you use something to knock yes. out? Yes, yes, we do. And it's not a weed like, let's say, the dicots, like dandelions, planting spurge, right. things of that nature, personally. You still use a post-emergent herbicide on it. It's one specifically for nutsedge because your common herbicides aren't going to take care of it. Well, that's it's what I was going to allude to. It's called sulfentrazone. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> um, we'll stay in our own zone here. The, in other words, if you've got a professional, you have to be licensed to apply this, right? This is correct. Yes. Okay. You can do that. The homeowner can. The, the homeowner do it his or herself. The homeowner can buy the same product, keeping in mind that it's a sensitive product. It's uh, it's easy to over-apply, and that will cause damage to desirable grass. That's what, In other words, what Dave Slavinsky, lawn service manager for Black Diamond Garden Centers, uh, is telling us, in other words, you can burn the hell out of your property if you do it. Yeah, I tried to put it a little nicer than that, but yeah. Okay, yeah, so you don't want to... 
I mean, always read the label. Uh, yep. I, and I follow. Going back to that, Mike. More is not better. No, no. In this okay. case, more can be very, very bad. So remember, it's going to be a yellow-green grass that's going to grow faster than the rest of the lawn. Do not pull it. If you see it, maybe cut something, go to your nearest garden center, see if they can diagnose it, or look, Google nut sedge, N-U-T space sedge, S-E-D-G-E. one word. Is it one word that's or two one words? Word. It's one, that's I one word. Infinite. Okay, well. I was a spelling for, champ. Leave well, me alone. Where at? Christ King. Oh, one of those parochial grade schools. All right. Yeah. Okay. You got a nice little saint patch to put on your forehead, didn't you? <laughs> hey, we'd like to thank Black Diamond Garden Centers for sponsoring your Midwest garden. We record this podcast on site at the Toledo location amidst all the smells of budding flowers, the manures, the chicken schmutz, you name it. If you're in the Toledo or Perrysburg, Ohio area, please stop by either Black Diamond location for all your gardening needs. And remember, ask someone who knows. Now, earlier in the season, we had chickweed and clover, and you were right. I mean, you said if you leave it alone, it's going to die out on its own the warmer the chickweed, it gets. chickweed, yes. Yeah. Now, you can go ahead and spray it. Now, the clover, there's a weed out there that looks just like clover that didn't die out. Well, it wasn't there. It's called oxalis, and it usually it's usually a little smaller and lighter green than your clover. It has uh, a little yellow it, flower it glows, to it, it. Yes, and it gl- grows upright rather than like a carpet. Okay. And that is a summer annual, and any of your um, broad-spectrum... Uh, broadleaf herbicides will will kill that. In other words, your weed killers, you can even get in over the counter and knock it out. Yes, yes. Because we got people They're, that are saying, look, I, you told me that the clover was going to be gone. And, you know, look, it's a guy, this one has even got... Now, there's one with kind of a deep purple leaf to it. I'm not referring to the band. Is, and it's it, a tiny leaf or the tiny leaf growing around the edge of your sidewalks? Yeah, purplish red... Spurge. Uh, spurge. Yeah. Now, that's starting. And usually that stuff, the hotter it is, the drier it is, Ooh, the more prolific the hot it weather. Is. It does. Well, your now, grass could be brown and dormant, but that spurge will love that. Okay, and it seems like it's suffocating the grass plant. Right. I mean, it's growing horizontally. Yes. Now, these are lawns that were under a little bit of a stress situation also. So it seems to be that this, this weed... Likes it. I mean, likes the stress situation. It takes over. Yes. Um, What you you want to be very careful when treating it with a weed killer and just spray the plant simply because the grass around it, if it's brown and dormant, it's already had enough problems. It doesn't need you spraying a bunch of herbicide on it. Okay, so it's under stress already. Right, uh, right, right. So that's called spotted spurge, right? Yes, yes. All right. There's one that has kind of like a succulent leaf to it, a little bit broader in diameter. I mean, when you pinch it, it just bursts with water or uh, juice. Purslane. Purslane. Or somebody, I heard somebody call it giant spurge once, but we'll call it purslane. Purslane? Yeah. All right. Now, is that, I mean, why didn't you control that? Why can't we control, why can't we prevent it? There, there's no pre-emergent control for it. You have to use a post-emergent control, and post-emergent controls are very effective on it. Okay, we can see that coming up. Over, usually mostly in sidewalk areas where the grass and the sidewalk meet. Yeah, you'll notice a lot of people, if they have rocks around their foundation, like decorative rocks, yeah. a lot of times you'll see it growing there, too. Once Case. again, it loves heat. Well, the birds don't spread it or anything like that, no, do they? It's, it's, it, but it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta soak the both of those things, the leaves of it, pretty good to kill okay. it. Okay. Now, if we're It's gonna... not shining, it's not dying. Okay. Now, how often should herbicides, since it's a broadleaf weed killer, how often should you not apply it? In other words, in between applications, let's just say you didn't get time it the frame, first time. Um, I would wait at least two weeks. So if I have nuts sedge, one word, Dave Slavinsky, 
Spelling Bee winner, champion at Christ the King Church in Toledo, Ohio School. If I have nuts edge and I notice it coming back, I dare not go to the same area and spray it for about another 10-day, two-week period. No, no. You want to wait for that herbicide to break down and be gone. What about, what about uh, let's say, if I sprayed for the easy weeds, the dandelions, plankton, that sort of thing, and I'm noticing the spurge starting to come back up? Or come up. What I would recommend doing is a very light spot spraying, but no closer than 10 to 14 days still, because you still have chemical in the soil and chemical on the surface. Would you recommend I pull it? No. And because you're not going to pull it all. There's still going to be roots there, and it's okay. going to come bouncing right back. Okay, so no, not pulling it. Right. And, right. and I noticed that when we pull, that we're pulling out some good grasses, too. Hey, that's true. And that's then, true. so in essence, you're making more of an open area for more weeds to come back. Yes. Okay. So, in essence, the best thing for a lawn right now, since we're getting into the hot season, is to make sure that we have a very healthy lawn, mow it at three, I was going to say three feet, mow it at three inches, yes. keep it watered early morning. Now, when you early say early, morning is best, but if you can't do early morning, Whenever you can. I mean, Any time you can water is better than no time Better at all. than none at all, yes. All right. uh, what if I needed to seed a couple areas here and there? Don't do it now. Jeez. Why? You'd be throwing your money and your seed away. It's too hot, it's too dry. Okay, so I have a lawn professional telling me not to seed. No. Okay. Now, fertilizer's all right. A slow-release fertilizer to help it along when the rains come and help bring it back is a good idea. Can it come back? I mean, sure. Dormant grass will always come back. I told you, it's very resilient. Okay. I'm we don't give, gr we don't give grass enough credit. Well, what do you mean we're not giving grass enough credit? Well, people call me up in the summer and say my lawn's dead. It's not dead. It's gone dormant to protect itself from dying, like we've it had, does in the winter. We've had seasons where a, a healthy lawn seems to have come back a lot. Of, the turf-type fescues do come back a oh, lot yes. better than the bluegrasses will. Yes. Bluegrasses just keel over and say, I'm not coming back up. Forget this junk. I mean, if you're not going to take care of me, we're going elsewhere. But the turf-type fescues, I mean, it'll turn yellow. Yeah. I mean, I can't. you can't expect everybody to go out there and water in the middle of a drought. No, no, um, no. And then uh, you can water it and maintain it so that it stays alive, or at least the root system is still active. Yes. But then let's just say when the days start getting shorter, night's getting cooler, uh, the rains are getting more frequent, it's going to rebound a little bit better. Uh, so I, you, if you're telling me right now, mid-June, July, first part of August, you don't want me to do any seeding. No, I don't. When do you want me to do the seeding? The best time frame would be August 15th to September 15th. When why is that? Well, you got cooler soil. It's cooler at night. and you can August 15th? So nights are getting cooler. Oh, it's right. getting yeah. cooler, Mike. Right. Getting right. cooler. All right. All right. All right. And um, the other thing is you've got time for it to establish before frost comes later on in the year. And can If you seed too late... The frost is going to come along and take care of your grass that you just worked so hard on. Okay. If the homeowner is going to be basically maintaining it themselves and they get frustrated, and he's, he or she's been doing it for you know the last 20 years, and they say, oh, fully, I'm going to try Black Diamond Lawn Service. What are the questions that you ask the homeowner? I mean, is there... Do you ask them, or can you basically see and, and know what they've done? You can walk onto a property and get a pretty good feel for what's happening. And I tell them what I can do and what they need to do in regards to seeding. Water, water, water. Now, there's got to be cooperation between the two parties? Definitely. I'm not there long enough to take care of it all the way through. You know, they're there every day. They're there every day. So, yes. And you're there every six to eight weeks. Right. 
Right. And when you come back eight weeks later and you see a brown lawn, can you go, what in the hell happened here? Or I generally have a pretty good idea. Somebody didn't water. They didn't water, especially this time of year. Yeah. Well, okay. oh, I thought we were talking about new lawn seeding in the fall, Mike. Well, we went from that to this. because In I mean, the summer, usually, I can blame it on heat and humidity and just dr- general dryness and well, dormancy. But when, when you seed a yard, you you must water. You well, that, that, that I agree with. I you agree. You can't depend water. on Mother Nature for that. I, I, I just want, I mean, if somebody's saying, can you help me with this? Long? We've discussed, you know, the possibility of grub damage. We've discussed the possibility of insect damage. We've discussed the, the definite uh, weed activity. Is there a necessity? I mean, the reason I'm going through all of this, and, and you come back six to eight weeks later and you see this thing is devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the only reason I'm, I'm at, you, you have a general idea, lack of water, lack of maintenance, lack of everything else. When it's not looking, but somebody wants, can you revive a lawn, Black Diamond Lawn Service, uh, or do you have to, I mean, if it's totally devastated, you tell them to wait off until? I, I have to give that advice on a case-by-case basis, depending on what did it to the lawn. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you've already knocked out the, the insects. You've already knocked out the weeds. Is it necessary? For somebody, let's say that this sec for you got two, three, four different crops of weeds. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do any seeding until about August 15, September 15. Between that, are you going to tell me that I that I'm not supposed? If I've got a lawn service right now, your third application, Black Diamonds, second and third has got a broadleaf weed killer, as well as a fertilizer for stimulating. Uh, broadcast. Weed control application on the second one, uh, spot treatment of weeds. Spot th- treatment. That's what I was going to say. Are you going to uh, put it over the whole yard? No, no. Not, not in the great heat and humidity. You only spray the weeds as necessary. Or as needed, okay. There's various reasons for that. Well, I, I, it's not going to be any good for the grasses if it doesn't need it. And it's not legal. It, well, I would assume it's not legal. You I mean, can only yeah. apply a pesticide so many times a year. Well, how many times are you talking? Uh, twi- I broadcast application twice a year. Back in the day, now here's a little story, and I'm not going to go off, and the producer Scott's going to be mad, but back in the day. You're going to keep it short, Mike? I'm going to keep Find it short. Find it hard to believe. Okay, well, anyways, you know what chloridane is or was? I do. Okay, chloridane is an insecticide. Good stuff. It would knock everything out. It would even knock out earthworms. I mean, it prevented them from growing in. That's why people didn't have moles. When I was doing lawns way back when, mowing, not mowing, but fertilizing lawns, We'd have old people coming out. I didn't have a mole until you started taking care of my lawn. I go, what? And come to find out that they were putting down chloridane on a regular basis every year to prevent ants in their yards. Well, for goodness gracious, there's test plots at Ohio State University and Michigan State University that are 25 years old where the insecticide chloridane is still active. That's why we don't use it That's anymore. why you're not using it anymore. And that's why we got to hesitate. I mean, it seems the homeowner knows their lawn better than anybody else. Well, they really maybe know their lawn, but they don't know what is probably best for it. Well, yeah, when it comes to pesticides and, you know, insecticides, herbicides, no, they probably don't. Okay. Well, and that's one of the reasons why they banned chloridine for the homeowner usage. I'm sure right. in some states or federal government is allowed. It's selected termite usage. And that only. Yes. All right. So... I would say if by any chance we've already gone through the insect problems, we've already gone through the weed problems, we don't have any weeds in the lawns, keeping the mowing at at three inches plus in height is going to be fine. Is there a guarantee? Now, does Black Diamond guarantee that I, if I do get the crabgrass that's coming in, that that might come in? Because that's going to germinate even into August. Yes. 
Um, will you control that? Yes, you can control it with a post-emergent weed control. And you're going to go ahead and, if I gave you a call and say, I got crabgrass. Sure would. And you'll come back and do it. I guarantee it, yep. Okay. Is there anything else that you're going to guarantee? What does Black Diamond guarantee? Um, I guarantee if you follow our instructions that we leave you when we come out each time, watering, mowing-wise, you're going to have a much better looking lawn. Okay. But it requires a lot of effort on the customer's part. Now, We're a very small piece of the puzzle. Is there, you know, you guys got to maintain communication? Yes. All yes. right. You're going to maintain communication, children and pets. What do you recommend? Keep off until the herbicide dries, the weed killer. The weed killer itself yes. dries? Yes. Once it's dry, it's, it's okay. safe. Okay. Anything else that you can go from there? Now, because I'm going to have you back on in about another four weeks. Okay. Because we're going to be later in the summer, and then when it comes down, we're going sure. to, I, I want you, if you can, to come back. Uh, when you come back, I, I, I'm going to ask you about things like, because right now, this is, you know, mid-end June. Right. We're going to, about another four to six weeks, you're going to end up having some other situations. We're going to have situations, because I can't predict the weather, you can't predict the weather, even the weatherman can't predict the weather. That's true. So, I mean, there's going to be some other things that are to come on board. Sure. I would like it if you could, when you come on board... To help place emphasis on something that you want, because the Midwest is basically going to be almost identical all the way across the board. And south, the, the, the southern Great Lakes area is going to have the same problems, the same, I mean, for the yeah. most part. Yes. And I would think at that point we could get a little more into seeding lawns. I mean, that's you're, you're going to be into that time frame. So we're talking much middle closer. of July, getting close to it? Middle of July, end of July, creeping on August. Okay. We're getting closer to it. We're getting to the and point you where... Can discuss fall weed controlled fertilizing. Somebody's so, going to have to focus on getting things ready for next year because it's a little too yes. late right now. That's right. All that's right. right. Well, I, I, I want to thank you for coming on board, and I want to say, you know what... I appreciate this, no matter how much, you know, of a smart aleck you can be. You do know your stuff. Glad to so, be here. Man. All right, David. Glad to be here. Well, thank you much. We'll, we'll talk to you hopefully in another six weeks. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at Your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.